Greetings, listeners. I'm Alex, just here to give you guys a heads up that, surprise, surprise, we went over a little bit on our recording of our Champions League previews. So we've decided to split the previews up into two separate podcasts. Part one, you're obviously about to listen to, previewing the first four groups of this season's uh, Champions League. Part two will be released early next week, Monday or Tuesday, uh, before our eventual Premier League previews come out on Thursday or Friday. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up with that before you got started. And uh, without further ado, the Ghost Gold Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Ghost Gold Podcast. As always, in here, Andrew Pissarro, Alex Moss, Javier Revelo. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Ghost Gold Pod at Andrew Pissarro at ASMoss92. Potentially what up, what at up? Javier got a Twitter. We're not sure if he's actually going to roll with that or not. He doesn't seem to be reciprocating the same excitement as us. I might. I might. It's interesting. No, it's very <laughs> interesting. what we got to do for Alex. We got to walk. We got to hold his freaking hand all the way to, to figuring this shit out. But <laughs> all right, here's what we're here for today. Uh, right in the middle of an international break. Excited to bring to you yet another edition of our. What, what are we calling this, Alex? Uh, well, we usually call it a European review, but it's not really a European review because it's yet another opportunity to talk about the UEFA Champions League. Uh, PSA, not on Fox Sports this year. If you haven't heard about this, it's going to be on Turner and Bleacher Report are picking up packages. Um, from what I've heard, Turner's only going to be putting one game on television, which is a serious issue. Uh, I think Fox Sports were doing that, though, right? And then they had one Fox on their Facebook page. Fox has no page. rights. At all. Sorry, I'm saying last yeah, yeah, yeah. year. Uh, there were weeks that they were doing that. I'm comparing from, last year to this predominantly, year. Predominantly, though, like it was, it would be one game of the four that was supposed to be televised that would get put on Facebook. That was the only, like, they still carried four games a week. One of them just got put on Facebook instead of, uh, instead of being put on Fox Sports 2, which for some people was a blessing because Fox Sports, Fox Sports 2 wasn't available on the cable package. So that's neither here nor there. Um, but the bigger issue is just the fact that we're going to be utilizing Reddit soccer streams, I feel like, this more this year more than we have in years past because there isn't as much accessibility to some of the best club soccer that we get every year. And uh, let's dig right into it. We had the draw uh, about a week ago, um, and we'll start with Group A which leaves us with Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Monaco, and Club Bruges. Uh, Club Bruges from Belgium. Uh, Alex, I turn the mic to you. I'm interested what makes you so uh, high on Monaco. I'm, I'm reading your picks before you've give, even given them here, but uh, Javier and I both have Atletico and Borussia Dortmund going through, and you seem to have dropped Monaco in there. We're all in agreement that Atletico Madrid are most likely going to win this group, even though they haven't started the season very well in La Liga. Um, so I think there's potential maybe for like another Atletico mix-up. They screwed up their group last year in the Champions League when they had Roma and Chelsea in it and Carabag, and they couldn't even win twice against Carabag. So uh, there may be another slow start to the this season. Is a completely different Atletico team. I feel like they're. Way I feel like they should be. I, I feel I like they really should be happen. too. I'm just saying, like so far, they haven't shown that they're the Atletico team that just went on a rampage in the second half of last season. I. I just want to see them like win a game convincingly <laughs> sometime no, soon because I haven't seen I it agree yet. With you on that. So uh, until then, I'm reluctant to just sort of lock in Atletico as like definitely the top in this group. Uh, but then again, I'm not seeing a lot from Dortmund and Monaco to really get me excited. Dortmund's best signing this summer was Axel Witzel. You know, <laughs> and, 
uh, it's not really that much of an improvement to their That's team. That's what I'm on with Dortmund. He's actually has been a pretty big improvement to their team. Um, he's actually scored like a goal or two, and, and yeah, yeah, no, the game, really the game against was at Hoffenheim. Then they beat four uh, one, yeah. and he had they, yeah, they yeah. crushed them. That was a good yeah. performance. Sure, I'm just I'm skeptical about when they come up against like better teams in the Champions League. How yeah, that I team mean, is I've got Atletico be. first and Dortmund second. Um, I think that Monaco they had a ton of players leave this summer. Um, uh, Mbappe technically left. I mean, he left last year. Uh, Fabinho. Lamar. Uh, Keita. Keita was loaned out to Inter. Um, Thomas Lamar to Atletico. Thomas Lamar. They, they, I mean, it, they, they, they had a rough time of it. So they, they bought a, brought in a few players as well. Um, and I think that, like, you know, Golovin and... Currently um, injured. Who else did they bring in? He... Right, so I mean, but he'll probably be fit for these games for um, most of them. But he's going to miss the first I, couple, I think. I think that Monaco finished third, and they dropped down to Europa. And uh, yeah, I think that this group's pretty pretty cut and dry. I think Dortmund they they seem to have found their form again, and to seem to have found um, their way under under this minute. Uh, yeah, Favre, yeah, uh, former Favre. Nice coach. Yeah, and he seems to have them playing defensively a, a lot better, and they. They have the attacking talent as well. Um, doesn't look like they're missing too much. I, I, I worry about Aubameyang. them at center forward. They got uh, Paco Al- Alcacer, or Alcacer, however you say his name, uh, on loan from Barcelona. Alcacer. Alcacer. <laughs> they got uh, Paco Alcacer on loan from Barcelona, which th- there's a lot riding on him. Because otherwise their strikers are Maximilian Philip, who's like a good Bundesliga-level striker, but you're not really sure if he's going to be good enough for the Champions League. And uh, what's the other, the Swedish player? Uh, Isaac? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the young 18-year-old yeah, he's, Swedish Yeah, he's supposed to be their fast striker since uh, Zlatan. Yeah. Zlatan. Yeah, he's supposed to be amazing. But, you know, he's still 18. So, you know, they don't have, like, a, a reliable goal-scoring outlet, I think. So I'm not really super confident in Dortmund. But I like their experience in this competition uh, a little bit more than Monaco's. Monaco didn't get out of their group last year. They crashed out of the Champions League. No, and I'll agree with that. I'm, I know I'm taking a flyer on Monaco. I, I, I know. So I'm taking Monaco to finish second. I agree with you. Everything. Look, I'm not worried about Atletico right now for a competition that, that takes place over six match days where you can be in an incredibly different place on match day six is where you were on match day one. That's just that's just a reality. Um I look at this Dortmund team, and I, and I really agree with you. I think there's a lot of pieces that I really like, but this is far from a complete team at any point. Um, attacking options aside, there's just guys that you know that are eventually going to get hurt. There were guys who vastly un- underperformed last year. I mean, Dortmund, we all almost, a lot of us picked them to get out of their group with Real Madrid and uh, Tottenham last year, and they couldn't. Did we? Uh, I think, I, I know people did. I don't remember. Oh, okay. You're, I thought you were talking about you I and me because I, def- I definitely did not pick Dortmund um, last year. I picked Tom. No, but I mean, <laughs> there were definitely people who would have picked Dortmund after all the signings they made last summer. And I think I just don't trust this Dortmund team. I look at them defensively, and I look. At, I think the only part of Dortmund that I really like is the midfield and offensively, or like or the front line, and specifically at striker and the back line are where I have big questions about this Dortmund team. And I think in the last couple of years, what we've seen. Monaco be able to do is go out and find a young, talented piece, develop, and and see that piece go on and be an asset that they can sell on and move on. 
And let me guess, Christian Pulisic is that no, piece. No, no, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Dortmund. I'm talking about Monaco. Like we've seen. Oh, you're talking I about mean, Monaco look, now. Look at the squad turnover in the last two years we've seen from Monaco. Like, yeah. like two years ago, that team goes to the Champions League semifinal, and almost every single starter has now moved on, with the exception of like Radamel Falcao and and their goalie. Basically, everybody else is gone. They're just further back in the same process Dortmund have been yeah. in where Dortmund did well in the Champions League and all their pieces got taken away from them, and they've had to reboot and retool and everything. I just think that so Monaco... We'll yeah, see which one yeah. of those teams is yeah, the better at developing young talent, I guess, when they uh, come head-to-head. This, uh, th- those games are going to be great to watch. That's a, That was the quarterfinal matchup the year Monaco got to the semifinal, and there was that terrible bus-bombing incident on Dortmund's uh, team bus. So, so maybe a few of these players from both sides remember that. Yeah, uh, Christian Pulisic would have been there. Uh, we'll jump over to Group B, Barcelona, Tottenham, PSV Eindhoven, and Inter Milan, who returned to the tournament. It's been a long time since it's we're back in the Champions League. Excited for this one. I'm going to just throw my pick out there. I'm going to go with Barcelona to win the group and Inter to finish in second place. This Inter Milan team did a lot of business this summer, um, and it's not that I don't think Spurs... I mean, Spurs made it through last year against in a group with Real Madrid winning the, the group, but... Uh, what do you, how do you guys feel about Spurs in this group? Yeah, I mean, I, I've I have them winning or getting getting through over Inter Milan. Um, I just think that they have a little bit more European pedigree than this current Inter Milan side. I'm not saying overall, but I'm saying like the last two years they've been able to get out of the group and they've done it pretty convincingly. So uh, I think that this Tottenham side uh, continues what they were building on last year in Europe and gets out of the group again. Uh, I think that this Inter side is going to be focusing on the league, much like Napoli was kind of last year. I think that they think that they have a chance of winning the league this year, and they do. So I think that they, you know, maybe won't be going a hundred percent to qualify. I mean, they'll still be obviously trying in Champions League, but I mean, I don't think they have a chance to win it. So yeah, I think that this Tottenham may be uh, one of the one of two English sides, or I guess three. I think. Three, three English sides might make it out of the group. But, yeah, I think I, I have Tottenham getting second and, and just squeaking by Inter. Uh, I'm not looking forward to Inter or Tottenham dropping down to Europa if, if from this group. It's going to be pretty painful, whichever one. And PSV, you know, they're, they're not a bad team. Yeah, there's two so. league champions in this group, and they come from Holland this and is, Spain. Yeah, this, is, this is a really good group. This is an exciting group. Um, I'll just preface what I'm about to say by saying that Tottenham should absolutely be one of the two favorites to get out of the group. I think they've earned that right with their performances last year against Real Madrid and Dortmund uh, and convincingly winning that group. But I think it's a pretty nice bet to bet on uh, this Inter Milan team under uh, Spalletti, whatever his name is. <laughs> Did I completely mess no, up his last right. name? Sometimes, right. I, sometimes I, I just completely mess up uh, our, our, like Italian and Argentine last no, names right. and just mix them up. You nailed it. You nailed it. Former yeah. Roma manager now, now coaching he, every, his... You know how much I love yeah. him. <laughs> I, uh, Inter were one of my like dark horses last year to uh, to challenge for the league title, and they didn't end up pulling it off. But like you said, they've really, really strengthened. Just a few names off the top. Keita Balde Jao started at center forward for them over the weekend with Icardi uh, out, I think, being rested for Serie A, and they got like a 3-0 win or something like that. That's a nice uh, different pace. Obviously, Lautaro uh, Martinez so is a nice Argentine very big uh, option. Very big enough. Uh, and then you can work your way back into midfield with Nangolan, one of Spalletti's favorite players at Roma, who is now brought into uh, to Inter. Uh, De Vries, who they got from Lazio during the uh, 
just before the end of the season. Yeah, some really, some really great good signings. signings to definitely. add to what was already obviously a top four team in Italy last year. They're going to need. I think the opposite, Javier. What you're saying of they're going to be focusing and, uh, on the and league. hold on, they were barely a barely, top four yeah, team yeah. last year. They, they needed they needed that result against Lazio on the last day of the barely, season. So sure, it's not like this team was flying they into really top four. Suffered from an injury to Mauro Icardi late in the, like the latter half of the the season. Now I think they have the options to kind of make up for it if he does go down again. I think Martinez or uh, or Keita Balde Jao could start at center forward for them and have and they could keep up good results in Syria. So. In Serie A, yes, but I think in the Champions League is where I think it's going to be a little bit too early for this team. I think we're going to see the best of an Inter Milan I, team. I kind of maybe agree. Next year. That's I definitely still, possible. I still have them getting out of the group, but I I think Javier is right. Um, but I look at this team and it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of really really good pieces that Alex didn't even mention. I mean, you didn't even mention Ivan Perisic or Marcelo Brozovic, who both played for the right. Croatian national team. You still have Miranda leading that back line. Uh, they bring Skriniar. Yeah, Str- you have to give Skriniar a mention. Also, He's so also good. came in. Uh, they bring in Devry. They bring back Jao Mario. There is, and they brought in uh, Vrilsenko, the Portuguese right back as well. Like, oh like, yeah, that's no, another really Vrsalco good signing. Is the wow. Croatian right back, uh, right? But he's Vrsalco yeah. from yes, Atletico he's on loan from Atleti. Yes, ball. that's what I meant. Um, and then they also added there was oh they just got Vecino too, the midfielder. He's only been with them for a year from Fiorentina, who just got World Cup experience. There's not a ton of depth on this team, but there is quality in depth. And if Mauro Riccardi wants to this is a chance for him i mean he's always had this idea in the back of his head that he's a top five striker in the world and this is his opportunity to prove it so i'm kind of banking on that one in this group personally let's jump down to the next group which is going to be group c which has paris saint germain napoli liverpool and red star belgrade and before we get ahead of ourselves i'm just going to go out and say i'm picking liverpool to win the group i'm picking psg in second uh, Neymar just opened his fat, dumb mouth to talk about how he doesn't fear Anfield. Uh, I t- retweeted something like in the last like four people have said we didn't feel Anfield, and they all got dicked down really hard at Anfield. So uh, really excited about those games. Um, they're going to be fantastic. I think they actually play each other on match day one. But the the reason I was never worried, and I, I still think, like I said, still think they can win the group because I think toe to toe they can they can compete with PSG. I just look at this Napoli team, and it's not last year's Napoli, and it's also a team that's going through a massive stylistic change. And I just don't think that without adding any big pieces and losing one of their most important pieces in Jorginho, I look at this team and saying, yes, they can threaten us because any team can threaten. Any team that's in this part of the competition can threaten another team stylistically. But I look at Napoli and I say, this team is going through changes. Who knows where they're going to be at when we play them? And... Carlo Ancelotti, yes, he has been a success. Like he's been successful at most clubs that he goes to, but this Napoli team is not his team at all. This is still predominantly sorry, and they need to come a long way, in my opinion, to to run with Liverpool and PSG still. So, um, Alex, I'm going to turn it over to you because I know you did hint at the fact that you thought Liverpool might not make it through this group at one point on Twitter. I had I had so many thoughts on this group. I did a real deep dive after like the initial groups were announced and just sort of like I had already watched Napoli's like first two games of the season. They came from behind to win against uh, Lazio and uh, AC Milan. Uh, and then this past weekend they lost 3-0 at Sampdoria, which 
you know, you, you were watching like the end of that game thinking like, all right, uh, Carlo Ancelotti's got Napoli in a place where they're going to make a few substitutions and get right back in this game. And then it didn't happen. I, I just, from what I've seen of Napoli so far under Ancelotti, there's not been enough to convince me that they can really keep up with the quality of Liverpool and uh, PSG at the end of the day. You, you've seen Ancelotti resort to like some crazy stuff like putting Hamshik in Jorginho's role and asking him to do all the things that Jorginho did. And that's not Marek Hamshik as a player. He's an attacking uh, midfielder who's like a borderline forward slash number 10. He's not someone you want sitting deep and playing passes from deep positions. That obviously didn't work out. He's had Diawara, who's like a nice young prospect, but maybe not quite ready to play every single game every week. So Napoli's still very much figuring things out. As for Liverpool and PSG, who's going to duke it out and come up out on top at the top of the group there? I have to agree with you, Andrew. I I went and watched more of PSG after your no midfield remarks to me on Twitter. Uh, Rabio and Verratti. On paper, paper, I obviously agree with you. There's very little, but I wanted to see it with my own eyes, so I went and watched some of their uh, their Ligue 1 highlights, some of their just like general play in Ligue 1. I was just kind of like. I'm not seeing like the necessary quality in midfield from the likes of like Di Maria having to come in a little bit deeper. I, I don't want him there in the Champions League. I don't want him in the middle of midfield playing with Nabi Keita and playing with James Milner. You know, which sounds kind of crazy to say, but like Milner is a good player in the Champions League. Also, also Fabinho has experience too get, against playing this team for the last three years. Yeah, I think Liverpool get a resounding win in that first game at Anfield. And I think Napoli slip up and get like a draw in their away game to open the group uh, at Red Star Belgrade. They don't historically, historically, they haven't done well in this competition. Last year, they were in a group with uh, Man City, Shakhtar Donetsk, and uh, uh, PSV, I think it was. At, or no, Feyenoord, sorry, Feyenoord. And they didn't, they, they hardly did anything. They lost both their games to Manchester City. They played well in spurts. But they weren't focused on the Champions League. They're fully focused on trying to challenge Juve for the league and trying to retain their their top four status in Serie A. And that's what I think they'll continue to focus on. They'll kind of view this as just sort of like a side gig. Yeah. You guys yeah, done go yet? for it, Javier. All right. I think Mbappe and Neymar are going to destroy your <laughs> pathetic Liverpool backline. Mbappe is going to score okay, a hat trick. Our poor little backline. It's going to be great. PSG is going to win the group. conceded one goal, and it's only because our goalkeeper went bad for the rest of you all. Great. You've play- the best team you've played is Leicester. Get okay. out of here. Come on. You've had the easiest okay. start of the and season the, and, of any and of the, the top six teams. And the hardest team that, that PSG has had to play yet? Oh, wait. No. It's it's the fucking French Okay, I agree. League. But that, 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 brings you, that brings me to I actually really like this group because I think that uh, in the past, and like you say, PSG doesn't play against really strong opposition. They've kind of, you know, ran over the league had to kind of ran over the group usually um and they don't really face tough teams until they get into the knockout stage of the champions league and that's why usually why i I think they don't do well they don't like ramp up i think this group is going to be perfect for them to ramp up even if they maybe lose or draw against liverpool away from home i think it's gonna be great for them to be playing big games like that and against a really good team like liverpool as well as a team like napoli which can which isn't going to be like an easy game for them i think all these games like playing four strong games in the group stage of the champions league can only help them in going into the knockout rounds and like ramping them up as a team. I think this team, like they're going, they they want to win the Champions League. That's obviously their goal. Do you really and believe they have the talent to do it, though? 
I don't. Yeah, I, I Do don't think I, this see, I think PSG they, team currently constructed can win the Champions I, League this I think year. A, hold on. Yes, I do. I, I honestly think that Mbappe and Neymar are good enough that they can. And I think that you don't buy someone like Buffon um, to just, you know, as a one-off to, to – I mean, he's still a great player and he can still play well this year. I think they have – this is this is their window, like if they want to win it this year with him, if he wants to win. But, yeah, I definitely think they can. I think it's a possibility. Um, I definitely think they're going to win this group. I think you guys are <laughs> – I think I, – I, all I want to say about Buffon is I, I would love to see the look on his face when he came into the club, like on whatever free transfer or whatever it was. Right, and, and Ronaldo went well, to yeah, Juventus. That, obviously, but I'm just focusing more on PSG <laughs> here. And he went, turned around to the to the manager, was like, all right, who else are we getting in? And they just go, Eric Maxim Chupamoting. moting <laughs> oh, <they had> <laughs> He just got relegated with Stoke last year. another random sign, Yeah, we're going to get him into... To, Sort of uh, boost our midfield. Eric Maxim Chupamoting. <laughs> oh, they, they also signed. Uh, who's the other right back from Bayern Munich? Bernat. Yeah, they, they just signed him they, too. Bernat. They also got uh, Thilo uh, Carrer. They paid thirty-seven million euros uh, center back. Okay, from great. All right, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, uh, I think they definitely needed a midfielder because Rabio, Verratti, and no one else is not winning them the Champions League. No shot. Because those two guys, two those two guys are chokers in the first place. They don't show up on the big occasion. That's a fact. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks like Tuchel though is using uh, the PSG academy and their young players and integrating them into the team, and they have a they phenomenal do. They do. Uh, youth academy and uh, like nineteen, twenty year old youngsters. I, I don't believe that they have as big of a problem as you say. I mean, those were the players that um, Tuchel was playing during preseason, and those are the players he's been playing in the team this year. And I, I mean, I think that it's going to be, um, you know, a, a, like a ramping up for them, like I said. I, but I think that having good teams like this in the Champions League is only going to help them. Um, and even if they come second in this, I, I still think that they they have a really good chance uh, of winning. What, the do, you, what do you mean by ramping up? Like, I think that because they're going to be playing against high quality teams, they're go, it's good. It's going to help them get to that. Uh, you know that extra motivation. gear that you like, need. You'll motivate them better. Yeah, and and not only motivation, but just like competition as well as um, you know high level high level of competition. Because like in, in France, um, like Andrew mentioned, like they're they're really not playing anyone good. Like every once in a while, they play like a Monaco or Marseille, but like, like they just destroy those teams, right? I mean, even those teams are nowhere close to them. So I I, I think that the Champions League having a hard group like this, um, it's beneficial for them. I think it's a big test for them, and you know maybe maybe Liverpool uh, you know gets their way at Anfield, but I think they'll they'll give them a good game in Paris. So Andrew, can I just add one more thing? I think this groups groups open. For I'll first just place. say the thing that really makes me uh, really sealed it for Liverpool to win the group for me was the fact that they have those two games in a row against Red Star Belgrade in the middle of the yeah. fixtures. Yeah, and those two games you pick up six points, like that's like a guaranteed six points straight up. Uh, I'm I'm a little worried. Yeah. I don't know if it's guaranteed away, it, man. That Red Star Belgrade are in Serbia. They're, Sarajevo, they're, I'm aware. Imagine Shakiri Shakiri plays in that game and no, just brings out no, the little, uh, well, little wing they're, celebration. They're, uh, their <laughs> president, their team president, made a comment like, "I don't know how well Shakiri is going to be re- uh, received here." And it's like, received bro, here, yeah. you basically, yeah, absolutely. Just they might try and kill his ass, basically man. just threatened the team, like like entirety of Liverpool, and like the Serbians are fucking crazy, dude. Like. We've seen we've seen them literally don't 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 chalk that down as like an autoside. I wasn't gonna talk about that. I was talking about them shooting fucking (laughs) rockets and fireworks on the field at like events and shit. 
Like, like, oh, okay. I was going to go back to the whole genocide thing they did. Oh, and uh, I wanted to mention, do you know what um, what uh, Tuchel's actually been doing? Is He's been playing Marquinhos in the midfield. Um, so where you think that there hasn't been uh, – and it's actually been working decently. Marquinhos in next France. to Rabio, And then he has, he has Kimpembe and Silva up the back. I, okay, like – you you can't say that like that, that this is, doesn't work for sure if you haven't if you if you haven't watched I mean, it I've, haven't seen I've it against big them. teams. And Marquinhos in midfield, it's like a nice stopgap, but I don't expect him to play Marquinhos in the Champions League in midfield. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. All you have to do is just just sort of dink passes around him, pull him out of his midfield position, and get passes around him. Better teams will be able to do that. I, I also, in in Kunku, in Kunku's like he's a pretty good like attacking option. I don't think yeah, I don't think he's going like to be like him. a defensive midfield option, which is kind of what I, most people feel like they need. All right, let's jump over to Group D: uh, Locomotive Port, Locomotive Moscow, Porto, Schalke, Galatasaray. Um, I'm going to start off, then I'm going to take Schalke and I'm going to take Porto to get out of this group. Javier, I know you disagree with me on this, so tell me why you think Schalke are not yeah, going to get out of the think- group, and I'll tell them why I think they will. Yeah, I think that they've um, they've just lost uh, a good amount of players this summer. I think losing um, that career, that center back, uh, their young, very good center back to PSG was a big, big deal. Also losing uh, Max Meyer and Leon Goretzka, like their creative midfielders. Leon Goretzka, I mean, he was a monstrous player for them last year. They picked up Rudy, Sebastian Rudy from Bayern Munich to replace him, which is you know not a terrible replacement but um not going to give them nearly as much attacking output from the midfield but i just think that galatasaray are uh fierce at home and they're the turkish champions last year um they're doing pretty well again in the turkish league this year and i think that they just edge out uh Schalke in second place just purely because they're such a they're so dangerous at home that i think they're going to get results against every team at at their own stadium even porto um and i think that the way that this group is lined up uh, the fixtures, I think it favors them a little bit. But I have Porto coming out in first, and I think Schalke finished third with Locomotive last. Um, Locomotive do have some decent players. I was looking at their lineup. Um, obviously, Jefferson Farfan, the Peruvian. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's one of their more recognizable players. <laughs> they don't have too many. Um, they have Smolov. They have that... Um, that right back, uh, who the Brazilian right back Fernandez, Fernandez yeah. who, who played, yeah, Bruno Fernandez. Um, they lost a big player in 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 um, Wagner Love. Who did they? No, I think Wagner Love's not that on the team. They lost him so much. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of Wagner Love. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that it's going to be. I, I got Porto first. I got Galatasaray second. Why, why, why do you have uh, Why do you have Schalke, Andrew? Give All right, us, so yeah, give us the I, I find losing Leon Goretti. You have Schalke winning the group, which yeah, is pretty I don't know outrageous. I, Maybe I have, second I have place. Schalke like, in second. Got, I don't have them winning the group. That's why I had to shoot that down because I was like, win the group. Right, Come first on, of all, man. anything is possible. This Porto team, I don't. Yeah, this, in this look, group, yeah, this definitely. Group, I, I look. I don't think that any one team in this group is head over here is like head and shoulders better than any other team. I think Porto, yeah, they're probably the favorites, but you still look at the Schalke team, and there are names that you're like, oh, that guy's actually really good, like. Bentaleb is Nabil Bentaleb in their midfield is good. Yevon Kompanyanka is going to be able to challenge Porto's back line. I'm excited to watch Weston McKinney in this in this competition. There's still Nastasic in the back line. Like Franco De Santo is a decent Bundesliga striker. They also have oh, do not say Franco De Santo's name in my presence, right. please, That's Andrew. Like he's like four years Andrew. old. That's a name Andrew, you bring up in like uh, when you're trying to talk down on Schalke. <laughs> Don't bring his name up like right now. <laughs> right. That's All right. Like they one still of the worst have Sreel and Brolo, who I'm a big fan. That's 
That's yes, there you go, that's Andrew. Better. There you that's go. better, Andrew. There you warmer, go. Warmer, warmer. There, there are there are pieces <laughs> on this Schalke team, and they also brought in, like I said, like like Javier said, a couple players. Watch out for Omar Mascarell, who came in from Real Madrid. Look, it's all going to come down to head to head. And I mean, you talk about you talk about Galatasaray. Yes, it's going to be the most heated of of fan interactions. But going and playing well at Schalke is also not easy. It's a very notorious like they're going to their fans are loud and bring the banners. And and like, don't don't forget that Real Madrid struggled pretty hard a couple seasons ago at Schalke. Yes, completely different roster. Yeah, completely different. What I'm saying, though, is like in terms of atmosphere, it's a similar place. Um, what I, I kind of did, did I kind of pick Schalke to win the group because I didn't want us all to have the same winner? Yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> I still well, think they have the talent. Gave to it away through. there. Am I going to argue for argument's sake? Hell yeah, I am. Why would we do a podcast if well, we weren't going to do that? Well, I, I can argue for Schalke a little bit. Um, I agree. The departures are pretty worrying for them. But the only th- there's two things I'll say about this group, and one of them is directly involved with Schalke. Like you said, Braille and Bolo needs to have like a breakout campaign in the Champions League for them to stand any sort of chance to win this group. Because he, at the end of the day, is their most talented attacking player. I'm just going to say it. More than Kanoplianka, more than Weston McKinney, more than any of their other players. He's, he's the guy that needs to play uh, at his peak for them to have a chance in this group. And then second, I think this is one of those groups that you can't just look at and dismiss two teams and say, uh, obviously, like those two teams aren't getting out. Uh, you have to go fixture by fixture and kind of look at this and like break down, like, all right, who's going to have what points at what stage of this and how is that going to affect the way they approach this game? It's pretty tough to figure out. But I think just right off the bat, the first games are Galatasaray hosting Locomotive. So that sets Galatasaray up really well. They're great at home, like you said, Javier. And then Schalke have a chance to take down Porto at home in the very first game. So uh, those three teams, Porto, Schalke, and Galatasaray, they, they could really... The first round of games is super important to all three of them. That wraps it up for part one of the Ghost Gold Podcast Champions League previews. Keep an eye out for early next week, the second part of our Champions League previews. We're going to take a look at all those groups, including uh, Juventus, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Roma... Bayern Munich, Benfica and Ajax, Manchester City, Lyon and Shakhtar. Tons of interesting groups, wide open groups coming up early next week. Until next time, see ya!